Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Something Else podcast. Of course, my name is Gabriella, and I have a very special guest here. Hi, Stacey Ann Gonzalez. Today, we are talking about um, education, all of the above. With that, we're kind of getting into that conversation. Before we get into that, it's the affirmation of the week. This is one of my favorite things to do. Let's see what we got here. These are by Intelligent Change, by the way. This one says, I am safe and protected here and everywhere I go. All is well. Awesome. So um, this is a very special guest because this is my ninth and 10th grade history teacher. Um, and my birthday twin. We yes, have the same birthday. Birthday twins. December the 17th. Yes. Same year. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I kind of wanted to get your perspective because we all know education is like a really big topic. You know, there's the student loan crisis. There's issues with the shortage of teachers. Um, there's a lot of things that are going on with educators nowadays. So I really wanted to get your perspective on where, like, you feel the current state of education is right now. Well, I, I honestly feel that we're in a crisis situation in the fact that um, education has become very politicized. Mm -hmm. Where politicized and also a monetary, there's a monetary aspect to it where it's, uh, they're not, in my opinion, not looking out for the best interests of the kids. Yeah. Uh, because even with educators, we have so many things on us. Like today, uh, scores came out and you know, a couple of my teacher friends text, did you look, did you look, did you look? And I don't want to look because this year was really terrible. It was really hard because the kids were at home for the most part for two years. They're thrown back into the school system, the desk, the this, the that, while they were at home and they were able to be on their computer, be on their phone. And now we're trying to box them back. Yeah. In. Yeah. So it's been really hard. Um, so I knew that the scores weren't going to be good, but with that, our names are attached to the scores. Our bonuses are attached to the scores. Mm -hmm. So it's become monetary per se. Like we're literally teaching for the test because we want our scores to look good. We want our name to look good. We want yeah. to be looked at as effective. And then, of course, the politics of it all, especially as a history teacher, they're putting so many, uh, what's it called, critical race theory, which is just teaching black history. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> but they're calling it critical race theory. They don't want us to talk about that. Uh, so the, the state of education, to me, especially in the state of Florida, is in a bad place. Gotcha. And do you think there was, like, a reason that it was kind of incentivized? Was it to, like, increase teacher performance? or Because it sounds like, basically, they wanted to incentivize, like, teaching for educators to increase performance. Do you think? They always say it's for performance mm -hmm. but something I realized back when we had FCAT um, President Bush was the president he had that no child left behind the FCAT books that we used were made by his brother Neil so every time we bought FCAT material to give you guys to work with the money went into his pocket yes the Bush family got the money gotcha. so you say that it is for that, mm -hmm. but then is it really? Um, I know that uh, Ron DeSantis is planning to get rid of the FSA 
and to do a monitoring thing, like three months of progress check, which sounds pretty good to me. Mm -hmm. Because that, to me, at least lets you see where your kids are at because you're using the um, standards. You know, what standards they're supposed to be on, what level they're supposed to be on. So let's see how that works. But initially they said it was for student performance. But then you have to wonder... Uh, you know, where are you getting the materials? I always say follow the money. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. see where it goes. And does it help? My problem with the standardized tests, why I'm happy that we're going on a progress thing, is that every child has a different experience. Um, what you have in that reading pamphlet, some kids can't relate. They've never heard of some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some kids never went camping. So you know, I walk. Behind I never the went kids. camping. <laughs> I walk behind the kids and I read some. I'm like, they don't know about that. So it it already puts you at a somewhat of a disadvantage. Yes, you should have the skills to learn how to read and comprehend. Mm -hmm. But it also helps when you have a point of reference. Yeah. So um, it it did initially start out for that, but I think sometimes money plays into a part of it as well yeah I never really thought that it was so like political and honestly you hear stuff in the news but you never like from my point of reference or from my point of view it's not like I really understood it now I guess because I'm older I kind of like pay more attention to it but it seems like everything has like a driving force behind it to make like some extra dollars and it's not always at the um for the betterment of the educator or the kids yeah i know um i'm not too sure if this is true or not but i think i read somewhere that the governor was like trying to incentivize like adding more bonuses so that the teachers to hire more teachers so that they can come back to school and stuff like that he is um and he did start the base salary um in the 40s, late 40s, which is good, but bad because teachers that are already teaching, some of us are making that right now. And someone new could come in and start. And to make more. Yeah. So it's, he is trying to because a lot of people are leaving education because realistically in Florida, we're, you know, one of the states with the lowest paid for teachers. Wow. I don't know if you remember, there were a couple of teachers. I don't know if you were there when, um, I don't know if Miss Butler was there. Did you ever have Miss Butler? No, I didn't. She actually moved to DC. She teaches there, and there's another teacher that that was from Miramar who actually, you know, teaches in New York. And they miss South Florida, but they, you know, the monetarily, yeah, they're you know they're making six figures. And with the cost as a teacher, of, yeah, with the cost of living wow. as it is, to come down here, you see the price of houses. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. Wow, really that's hard. so crazy. Yeah, because everything that they do where they're at, they get compensated for. Mm-hmm. So extra classes, tutoring, no. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen here all the time. And then if you do get compensation, it's just heavily taxed. So, so it's what, like that's, you don't even get anything. Yeah, it's like, you know, this is dinner. We, oh, and they don't okay. <laughs> <laughs> And even like Broward County, when it comes to raises, we fight like con. We got a raise the other day. We wanted like a 3.2 raise. They came back with 1%. Not even a two? Not even a two. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So that's why teachers are like bailing. It's hard. Yeah. And then that kind of brings me to the question to kind of ask 
Um, because with all these things, like the monetary aspects, the political aspects, like, do you feel like being a teacher is like a calling or could it be done as like a job? Because I really feel like to work with students in the capacity, like you're spending eight hours a day with students all day, yeah. more than the time that you spend with the parents. So um, do you think that it is a calling or could it just be done as a job? It is a calling, but people, some there are some people who do it as a job. Mm. Because you know you can make more money if you uh, if you have your masters if you take extra classes you can move up there like that and you know and then you have summers it's not that we're not paid for summers but you could stagger your paycheck to get paid so there are some people and I'm sure in your educational life you've come across some teachers and you're like do they even really like what yeah be here you know, yeah you're like, uh. no seriously <laughs> you're like uh so but it is to me to be happy in what you do it's a calling like i couldn't see myself doing anything else no how long have you been teaching as i was driving here i was thinking about that so in broward in order for me to retire i have to be teaching um 30 years right mm-hmm. so in broward technically right they have me at 25 i have five now yeah but i taught but it's longer than that what it is i taught in dade first Mm -hmm. but they didn't take all my years so i taught in dade eight years and then i moved to broward Mm -hmm. to teach i lived in broward already but i i just you know i switched because my daughter started kindergarten and i wanted to be close to where she was and we lived in broward Mm -hmm. so i taught eight years and then for broward it's going on 20. So I lost uh, t- t- three years. Yeah, three years. They didn't give me the credit for three years. Wow. Yeah. But almost 30 years? Yeah. I've yeah. been at Miramar for 20. Yeah. Wow. My whole, uh, Broward teaching careers I've been at Miramar High. <laughs> that is crazy. Because, like, when I kind of think about it, I'm like, okay. Like, of course, in my educational life, I've come across teachers that they barely would get up from their desk. They just kind of just like give you the work and you're kind of just like, okay, I've I'm seen doing teachers it. like that. I think it's so interesting. Like, how do they do it? <laughs> like, it, like you I said, it's just a like, job. Hey, she's in her desk again. <laughs> <laughs> like they just like are sitting and like, okay, just do these pay. And it was like, when is this class over? Like I've seen, like, I remember when I first started teaching, there were two teachers that I remember when I taught in Dade County mm-hmm. and they would leave. Like one was a guy and one was a lady. She would just leave with her purse and he would leave with his hands just swinging. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> were there papers? And this is before we had the laptops and everything. Yeah. So I always had like papers and bags and I'm, I'm still the bag lady. And I'm like, how are they just leaving like that? Like nothing. <laughs> For some people, it's honestly like you, like we just mentioned, like it is just a job. Yeah, some people it's a job, but I think it's a calling for you to enjoy it. Yeah. And if it's going to be a job, I don't think those are the ones who stay the long haul. I don't think so either. Yeah, they don't stay the long haul. Because, like, me and my dad were having a conversation yesterday, and I was, like, talking to him. I was, like, okay, I'm going to be interviewing, like, a teacher. And, you know, and I was telling him, I was, like, some people can stay a teacher for a very long time, feel fulfilled with what they do. But you notice, like, other people get into the profession, and they're yeah. there for, like, maybe one or two years. And, like, or okay, they go higher into maybe the administrative aspect. They go downtown in the office, you know, Mm -hmm. not to particularly stay into the classroom. I don't want to do anything but be in the classroom. Gotcha. I've never aspired to be outside the classroom because I feel that that it's different for everybody else. But Mm -hmm. for me, I like that connection. I like 
every day I go in, there's something different. Yeah. Because every class, every kid brings something different. It's never the same. I cannot deal with that type of monotony. Because even if I'm teaching the same thing period to period, the, the way they receive it is different it's every different. class. Yeah. So this class, we're teaching the same thing. I might talk about something, but another class might bring out another topic in it. So it's different. No, I and I can definitely see that because now as you're talking about it, I'm like... I always remember her having this very great personality and every class was different. Even though sometimes when I would sit in the back of your class, I was like, oh, we're learning about um, history again today. We're learning about ancient history today. Okay, great. Or U.S. history, geography. I definitely remember geography. But just the personality that you have um, kind of meshes well with teaching students and things like that. Like, And different people... Of course. They have like different personalities so you can kind of like tell like whose personality kind of doesn't mesh well. That's what I always told my students and my personal kids. Mm -hmm. Every teacher comes with something different. Yeah. So you have to learn they're different. Like you have to figure out how they move with it and then you'll be all right in the class. Yeah. You'll be able to succeed once you figure out their perspective Mm -hmm. or how they're coming with it you'll be fine. Like every year is different. Every teacher is different. You just have to figure that out. Once you figure out their teaching method and how they're presenting this stuff, you'll be able to make it work. Yeah. And at least I feel so. No, I can, I can definitely see that. Cause again, I think we, we kind of sometimes forget like, even like growing up, you're like, oh, those are my parents, but parents are humans. Same way teachers are humans. Do you think that um, teachers have like, educators have like an obligation to like show up for their students? Like, I guess it's more challenging to kind of be 100% present, you know, in the classroom now, just because everything that's happened in the last two years. But um, do you think there's like an obligation somewhere in that? Um, for me, I feel that there's an obligation, but mm-hmm. it's kind of hard because there's so many barriers that are placed on us. Yeah. Yeah. Can't touch them. Can't be alone with them. You know what I mean? Like you like, you know, you walk past a kid and you, you might want to pat him on the back, but that kid might say, Oh, she hit me really hard. And next thing you know, you're in the office. So for, <laughs> a, <laughs> for a lot of times there are teachers who are very cautious. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are afraid to show up. Yeah. I feel at times that it's necessary because you don't know what happens at home for everybody. True, true, true. Um, but I have to sometimes try and find a balance. That's why I didn't teach elementary. When I was looking at what grade level I wanted to teach, I remember I interned, like I did the different grade levels and I will get sucked into elementary really hard. Like I will cry. Like <laughs> I will just be that teacher. You don't have lunch. They didn't give you. Oh my God. Let me make you something. You I'll know? bring you something. Yeah. So I, I've had to learn over the years to try and find that balance. Definitely, um, show up for them. Yes. But I have to try and find that balance where I'm not, um, my energy. Yeah. That it doesn't even talking about it. Like there, there are times that I've sat in that class and I've just cried yeah. based on different things that kids have told Please me. <laughs> no, just based on it. So it's hard. You have to like, for me, because mm-hmm. I am that person. I'm, I always tell them I'm a mom teacher. 
Mm-hmm. I'm your teacher, but like I have that mom thing about me. So it's very, I have to, yeah, I show up. It's important to show up, but you have to find the balance. And not every teacher does because there's so many barriers yeah. that you could get called on if you're too involved or, you know, different things that you didn't report or it's, it's a lot. Yeah, no. And I can also see that becoming like an issue from like both ways, because if you're not present, then, you know, the student is kind of like oh, feels okay. disconnected. Well, from you. OK, she doesn't care. She doesn't care. He yeah. doesn't care. And then if you're too connected, it's like that gray area where someone can take it and, you know, take it to a different and level. might yeah. misconstrue the whole, you know, relationship as far as teacher to student. So I can definitely understand that. But um, I do applaud you for being present, especially <laughs> I, I always remember you being like involved and interactive. And, you know, honestly, when I switched schools, I was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely different. than <laughs> like a lot of the people that I kind of went to like high school with, because um, that was like most of the end of my education. But when I went to high school with them, I noticed like it was more like all together. But because I came from like a different a different city. I wasn't really understanding the culture and stuff like that. With me, with teachers, it was like, okay, you're teaching math. Okay, let me just sit here. In the bathroom. Um, I'm here today. Get my, my notes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And go about my business. Over the years, you probably came across so many personalities, so many different students. Do you have any like stories that you remember like off of the top of your head that you could kind of like talk about, like one of your craziest stories? There's so many. There's so many crazy stories that I, I don't even know where I could uh start. One of the craziest ones you could think of. Or recently. Well, probably not recently because there's been so much going on. Oh, there's that. There's so many reasons. There's so, like, I, I know uh, a crazy story. One, when I first started teaching that I thought was a lot was the fact that, oh, you know what? <laughs> there's a couple, but there's one where there's a kid that I'll never forget, there was a parent conference, mm-hmm. and his mom was so perplexed. And, you know, a Haitian-American child, mom came from Haiti, and he wanted to join a gang, and he literally let the people in his house to break in the house. Like, they didn't even break in. He let them in oh, to okay. steal the stuff. Like, open the door for them. Yeah. <laughs> and she was so upset. Like, And he sat there like, yeah, I'm with my friends now. They accept me, and I'm like... <laughs> Was he moving his shoulders like that? Yeah, he was just like, whatever. And I'm like, yo, even had them take the grocery. And all the teachers, we were just like, <laughs> what do you do? What did his mom say? She was upset. And she, I guess, you know, not being from America, she wanted us to give her some guidance as to what to do. But we didn't know what to do. We didn't know what to say. We were in shock. Like, you even let them take the grocery? Like, really, dog? He just didn't care. <laughs> no. And that was his initiation into the gang life. Oh, you just know? let us come in your house and ransack it. Yeah, and he was he was fine with it. Uh, that was a story I'll never forget because I, I I think to this day I remember all our faces around that table, looking like, Are "What's you going serious? on here? <laughs> you let them into your house?" And he was like, "You know, whatever." But there is a story. Um, there's so many actually, but one story that I I is a good one is a former student of mine when I first started teaching and mm-hmm. I have to say because he has actually talked about it on his podcast that he has uh, he he always stood out very polite and he was very artistic I actually still have something he made for world history 
um, he it was hieroglyphics, and we had the hieroglyphic project. Picks, you know, get some symbols, whatever. And he made this really nice thing that said Miss Wilson, which was my maiden name, is the greatest. Mm -hmm. You probably even saw it in the class way back, and you probably don't remember if you saw I it. Probably don't. No, Maybe I, I did. Had it I probably don't. And everything, and I, you know, he was always in school, and I saw him. He was always in school, and I didn't see him. Like he wasn't showing up, and I'm like, where is he? And I went to the registrar, and this is when I taught in Dade County. I went to the registrar, and I asked, and she said, um, he's been, you know, taken off the list. He's been withdrawn. This code isn't really good. <laughs> I can't really say, you know, whatever, whatever. So I said, all right, you know. And I don't even know to this day how I found him because this was, again, before, you know 28 years ago it's like before all the computers and all this that whatever but I actually was able to find him and he was in a juvie mm -hmm. and I'm like what's he doing in juvie because this is a real good kid like what the heck and I wrote him a letter and that was when Jerry Springer was like popping popping and I said I hope you're not sitting in there twirling your hair you know you're better than this I don't know what got you in here but I hope da 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 da, -da whatever whatever so he did come out, and he told me he he had gone to a job interview, and his friends had like seen him walking mm -hmm. and asked if he wanted a ride. Sure, uh, it wasn't their ride. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. And he was in the car with them, and you know, years passed. Like, and he, you know, I I switched. I came to Broward, and last summer it was last summer. Uh, the kids from that school started like a page mm -hmm. and one of the girls is friends with my brother and she had me join the page and he literally went on the page and was like anybody know where miss wilson is and he had my picture from the yearbook and he's doing great married kids successful and he said that that letter he he still kept it and he has it there and you know it it helped him guide him through some of the dark times and mm -hmm. i was like wow isn't this is a crazy man like married with kids and it made me feel really like I didn't even I didn't do it for any other purpose just I wanted him to know that he was missed yeah yeah that I don't see you I don't know where you are and whatever the situation that got you here you know I, I want you to know you're missed isn't that so crazy like sometimes even like when we go on our daily life we don't even think like okay I'm just doing yeah. this and then when the when the receiver when the receive when the person receives it, it's like wow, this actually made an impact. Yeah, it it, it yeah it, it really kind of got me. I was like wow, and he was kind of shocked that I still had his sign, that I still put it in my class to this day, and he had signed in everything. He's like I don't even really draw like that anymore, and I was like wow. I took a picture. He's like you have that, and I'm like yeah. That's so crazy. He was in the car. He didn't even know what happened. He just <laughs> ended up in a whole different Situation, place. Yeah. yeah, that's so crazy. Sometimes friends get us in the most trouble. Yeah. Like, especially if you have, like, crazy friends, like, you blink and you're in jail. But. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. This was one of my episodes by far. Thank you so much for Thank coming. Um, everyone, you know what to do, like, comment, and subscribe. You know where to find us at the Something Else Podcast on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And we will see you in the next episode. Thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs>